What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Clutch Crew Sports. I am your lead host, Zach. And on this episode, we're going to cover some different topics, talking about the new NFL CBA, Joe Burrow, and some XFL topics. Now let me introduce you to the rest of the crew. What's going on, guys? It's me, Connor. You know me as the co-host with the most and the reigning Sports Jeopardy champion. And uh, I'm excited to be here to talk about the CBA and the XFL. And let's ready to get it going. Yeah, let's go. Um, before we start our episode, guys, this is something new that we've came out with. Uh, we haven't really promoted it yet, but we decided to put up a merchandise store uh, through Teespring as a partner. So we this is still very new for us, but we have some products already made. We'll be adjusting the prices and lowering them down. So don't be appalled if you see a high price on these items. But Basically, we have anything and everything you could want with Clutch Crew Sports logo on it. So we've got phone cases, mugs, uh, all kinds of T-shirts, tank tops, long sleeves, hoodies. Uh, if there's a, any special requests that you guys want us to do, we can easily do them. Uh, they allow you to make this website allows you to make like pillows, posters, towels, a lot of different other unique items that you can customize so just let us know we actually just made a email account today too so that's a great way to <laughs> to start our email account but just email clutch crew sports at gmail.com that's clutch crew sports at gmail.com uh email any suggestions if you've got any designed like artwork or something that you want to be featured like a fan art sort of thing if we can if we can make it work on a shirt or a mug or something we'll do it for you and like i said these prices will be adjusted but check it out. It's teespring.com slash stores slash clutch dash crew dash sports dash merch. And I'll, I'll put the link in the descriptions and stuff so you can easily find it. But uh, this is our newest thing going on, this merch store. So check it out. Get something. I've got some stuff coming on the way. So I'll, uh, I'll post pictures when it comes. But check it out. It, it's pretty fun. So. We'll get into the episode now. Uh, so we kind of covered, we talked about the types of things we'll be doing in this episode. So we're going to talk, like I said, about the CBA. We'll talk about Burrow, and we'll talk about the XFL, and we'll give our first ever XFL power ranking. So now that we've gotten a chance to watch <laughs> the games, watch these brand new teams for the first couple weeks, uh, we have a lot more information to make power rankings off of. So we'll start, though, talking about the NFL first, still the king of football. And the big news that's going to be happening this offseason is the CBA. And right now we're at a crucial point when we're recording this episode because so far the owners have approved the CBA. The players' reps have approved it. And now it's just got to pass the actual players. So the roughly 2,000 players in the NFL are going to be voting, I'm not sure when on this, but fairly soon. And they just need a simple majority for it to pass. And then all the rules and all the new things that's going to be coming along in the CBA will be included here. Um, so basically the new, the big new thing in the CBA is the 17th game. Uh, there's a lot of other, other smaller things. Like I said, you can expand two players from 53 to 55. I guess the extra playoff team, that's another big thing. So the playoffs are going to now be expanded 
to 14 teams, and then that two seed has to play on Wild Card Weekend. So there will be three games per conference on Wild Card Weekend, only one bye per conference. So those are some. That's a pretty big change, but revenue is expected to go up to 48 percent. And with that 17th game, there's going to be a lot more revenue. So contracts are going to be a lot bigger than they have been before. Let me see if there's any. Okay, so this is uh, how the vote went. So it was 17 to 14 from the representatives in favor of this deal. And the 17-game season was originally approved by the owners. And the PA, they were kind of split on this originally, but then they decided to to go with it but basically i don't because connor you originally were telling me you didn't think that 17 games is going to happen where where do you think now do you think this is going to get passed in one go by the players or you think it's going to have to go back to the table um i think it's going to have to go back to the table i don't really because i've all, everything that i've heard from all the players is that the players aren't terribly happy about it or at least that there's this big division in the players like there's players that want it but then there's some players like i know jj watt's been like a big outspoken member of the players association that's been against it and a lot of it stems from the fact that you know they already think that a 16 game season is too long and too dangerous and adding another game is just like even more dangerous you know more detrimental to their health so because i don't think the playoff thing i don't think is that controversial i mean because you know that'd just be good for other teams, you know, whoever is like the first team out. Oh, great. Now you can get a chance to be in the playoffs, like more teams. Um, But I really think it's that 17th game that, you know, and people are saying like, oh, well, you know, they're taking away one preseason game. Well, that doesn't really do much because most of the players don't play in the preseason anyway. It's the regular season that is when they're playing. And when you're adding that one more game that they're going to be playing 60 full minutes of, it, you know, takes a toll on them and the players aren't happy about it. So, I don't know if I'm certainly confident that it won't get passed eventually, but I don't think it's going to make it past the first like round of voting. I think they're going to have to go back and, you know, if they're going to go with a 17 game season, they're going to have to give the players a little bit more to be able to get them to come on board. Okay. Can I get a lock from this now? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm not confident enough to lock either way. I mean, okay. Yeah. 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 Unfortunately, nothing is terribly maybe, certain here. Yeah, maybe somewhere along this episode we'll get a lock because it's been a little while since we've had a, a Connor <laughs> lock since the Super Bowl, really. Um, <laughs> but no, I I don't know, man. I I disagree with you here. I think that this is going to be passed first go around because it only needs 51% to pass. And the thing is, is yes, while most of the star players, most of the 30 million dollar quarterbacks and stuff they're fine with you know striking or whatever they 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 want to improve this deal which definitely could be improved upon for the player's sake but the problem is is that these superstars are vastly outnumbered by the guys who need nfl game checks and these guys who need nfl game checks they're not going to want to hold out they're not going to want to to potentially miss revenue uh, which could happen if there was a lockout. So I think with the pressure, they've got pressure to in their mind that they want to just get this deal done because they don't want a lockout. And that's what makes this union so weak, in my opinion, because compared to 
compared to other sports, there's much less players. The salaries are higher. Most of the union benefits are better. Uh, and the NFL just seems to be like the the average career for an NFL player is only three years. So while and then another thing, too, is the the players priorities. It doesn't the players, for the most part, don't seem to have great priorities for them to get approved because they're more worried about marijuana and <laughs> and uh, less like training camp days and stuff. So the owners, they don't care at all. Trust me, they don't care at all about the marijuana thing. They That's why that's in this new CBA is the uh, you, you can have a higher amount in your system and the testing dates are narrowed. So it's not compl- a complete ban, but it's definitely a lot easier to get away with it. And also they're going to like cut some training camp days or something like that, which the players are all like, we want less practices or whatever. So um, that's the thing. That's their priorities, which the owners are okay with. They, they could really care less about that sort of thing. But if these players were to demand like lifetime health care or something like that, that's going to actually come out of the owner's wallets. Then uh-huh. I think we would see a lot uglier situation here, but it just seems to me that most of these players don't really care about those sort of issues. And with the 17 games, you know, if they're getting this extra revenue and they're getting this revenue increase, it's a, it's a trade off, you know? And yeah. the, these owners aren't going to budge on that. That's the thing. These owners are billionaires. If, if their teams, if they got to go into a lockout, trust me, they're going to be fine. They Most of these owners have plenty of other revenue streams other than the NFL. So they can definitely survive without football, but it's the players that are divided. And that's why ultimately in the end, I think all these negotiations are always going to be won by the owners. Yeah, the players are going to get a bump in revenue. Yeah, they're going to get certain perks, but for the most part, the owners are going to get what they want, which is this 17th game, which they've wanted, it seems like, for a while. So it's going to be crucial, the players' votes coming up. And I've heard players say that they're for it, they're against it. But I do think it's going to pass just because of all those players out there who uh, are afraid of it not passing and having a lockout. But it's crazy because this is a year before this current deal is up. So... They're renewing this way earlier than I thought they would be, honestly, in my opinion. Uh, Connor, what do you think about that? Like, should the players have just wait for this to go for the previous CBA to finish, or you think that's like a problem with them? I mean, I think there's something that they have to get the they have to get it done early. I mean, because if they wait until the previous CBA is over, then you know, then what happens when you do end up into a lockout situation? Because as long as the current CBA is in place, you know, they still play and everything that doesn't stop mm-hmm. until the current one, until the previous one ends. So if they can go ahead and get it done as early as possible, I think that's good for everybody because it means that we're going up to, you know, a new season. There's no worry about, Oh, are the players going to lock out? You know, what, with this, that, and the others, like it's already figured out, mm-hmm. and we can just get along. And we can stop focusing on that and keep focusing on football. You know, I know especially like in this off season, we're wanting to focus on the big name free agents that are going to be out there. You know, where are all these quarterbacks going to go? Where are all these, mm-hmm. you know, all star players going to go? We'd rather focus on that and also yeah. like you know the potentials for new what the season's going to be. Then oh, are they going to even have a season? Like, are they going to figure out what they're doing, you know, and are we going to, is there going to be a lockout like there was 10 years ago 
which I mean, obviously that lockout didn't extend into the season, but there was a good chance that it, you know, was going to. And honestly, you know, like you said before, I've always, I know last time the players caved in and the owners um, won that CBA, but I'm not sold on the fact that the owners are always going to win because at the end of the day, I know they have a lot of money and I know that the, you know, they, they can afford to not have the league going on, but there's going to be a tremendous amount of pressure on them to get stuff done and make concessions. Because at the end of the day, the people don't care about the owners, what they want, you know, because yeah. they're not, they don't go to the game to see the owners like, Oh, look, there's, <laughs> you know, Jerry Jones or Art Rooney up in the box. Like, woo, they come to see the players yeah. and they come and they come for the league. They expect there to be football, you know, starting the first week of September, at least for the regular season. Obviously the preseason starts earlier, but Come that first week of September, they expect there to be NFL yeah. football going on, and that's what they're paying their money and you know buying merchandise and all that stuff for for the you know the teams, which is a big source of income for the teams is the mer- merchandise and the ticket sales. Mm-hmm. So if that's at zero dollars and zero cents, you know even though the owners yeah they got lots of money, they're still losing a lot of money when that comes around because they're not getting in that main source of income. So, and I know that like. Obviously, you have all those players that need those NFL contracts week to week or, you know, whatever to make their living. But I do think that some of the players have a large amount of influence over them and they're able to control them to a certain extent. Like player guys like Aaron Rodgers and J.J. Watt, you know, they can go up to these players that, you know, I can't really think of anybody's name, but one of these guys who, you know, needs his NFL contract and goes, Hey, you know, I know you really need that contract, but you know, I'm really influential and I'm one of the biggest stars in this league and they're going to want to come to my side. So just stick with me and you'll get everything you want. It may hurt for a little bit, but you'll get whatever you want. And that way they can kind of coerce players to their side when in reality, that's not the case. Like they're going to be losing their NFL contract, but from a perspective, it's like politics basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, making promises that in the end might not actually be kept, but you know, at the time they sound really good. So I'm not a hundred percent sold on the owners always going to, that the owners are always going to get their way, but it definitely is uh, a balancing act and it's definitely a competition and politics are heavily involved, but yeah, but like, but like we to your earlier question, I do think it's good that they're getting this deal done now if it's going to get yeah, done. Yeah, definitely because, for fans. Yeah, we, it's definitely way this. better. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then so you've talked to me about how you don't think that the there should be a shortening of the preseason, and and I'll I'll say this too, I would have no problem if they kept status quo for reg for preseason. 16 regular season and then just the six playoff teams per conference i would have no problem with that i'm not you know pounding my fist on the table for this to happen but like i do think it is going to be a win for uh to have the 17 games just because that really that last preseason game like you said it's really mainly played by people who are going to be ended up being cut from the team. So Uh it's, it's kind of a wash game. Nobody watches it. And if it's, if there's another regular season game, it makes it more competitive. You know, I don't know how it's going to work with like having an extra home game or extra road game, or if they're going to do every team play at a neutral site for one game. I don't know how that's going to work, but Uh I do think it, it's going to be, a win for the fan but do you think that it's going to like diminish the quality with more injuries or something like that 
Um, I don't know if it'll really diminish the quality. I know the reason why I was against, like, removing that fourth preseason game, it wasn't from a fan's perspective, because obviously, you know, I don't watch yeah. it, you don't watch it, nobody watches it, because it's pointless. But I know from, like, a head coach and a general manager perspective, that fourth, having that fourth preseason game is really important, because it just gives you more time to assess, like, okay, you know... If I've got a young rookie that I really want to look at and see how they're doing at the NFL level, obviously it's not, you know, major competition, but at least to see how they're doing, I have more time to analyze them and see what they're doing because you don't really know anything in training camp. Like, you know, Nathan Peterman looked really good in training camp and we all saw how that turned out. So (laughs) um, it's it's more so that they have more time to analyze and figure out who they're going to cut and who they're going to look to for the future. Instead of when you remove that fourth preseason game, it's like, well, now you've only got three chances to do that. And obviously that third preseason game is going to turn into the fourth Mm -hmm. preseason game where it's just a bunch of scrubs playing. So now, you know, your starters are going to get even less time to prepare because they're probably only going to play, you know, they'll probably play the first series maybe of the first game or still not play at all. And then like maybe the first quarter of the second game, but that's it. You know, they're getting maybe one quarter of action at most in the preseason rather than possibly like a whole half or maybe even like over the span of the preseason, a full game. Yeah. So, um, but definitely from a fan's perspective, it's way better because nobody watches the preseason. And I would be, like you said, really interested to see how they would handle the whole like home and away thing. I mean, obviously some of these teams are playing games in London and Mexico city anyway. So that can kind of compensate for them, but for the other teams, it's like, okay, well, who do we want? How would they figure that out? I don't know. how. I'm pretty sure the scheduling would probably stay pretty similar. You would probably just play one more. I would like if they added, I don't know what their plan is, but I think if they're going to do this, they should add one non-conference game against like yeah. cause norm- cause the only time you play someone in the other conference is you get one division that you play against. So like, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to play, I don't know, I don't remember which division, but like say they're playing the NFC South. Those are the only NFC teams they're playing. And the next time they play those teams is going to be four years down the road or four seasons down the road, once every four seasons. So I would like it if that 17th game because, you know, you play your six division games, yeah. four non-conference against one division. Then you play against four in your conference against a division and then two other in-conference games. I think they should add one more out-of-conference game if they're going to do that. So that way, NFC and AFC teams can play each other a little bit more than just like, you know, oh, once every four years. I okay. think that'd make it a little bit more interesting if they did that. I'm not and, saying, I don't, I don't know what they should do for yeah. home or away, maybe like flip a coin or something. I don't know, like alternate, but I, yeah, do think I don't that's, think they'd flip a coin. It'd be alternating, but yeah. Yeah. yeah just like alternating, but yeah. like, you know, that 17th game I think should be an out of conference game. Yeah. I personally, you know, as a Jaguars fan, I, I do hope it's the, uh, the every team has to play an international game because now we're playing two. So that means, okay, one of them is going to be quoted for the international games. Now we only lose one home game, technically. You know, we back to seven yeah. in, in Jacksonville home games. But uh, I do I do like your suggestion, though, where each team plays another NFC team. I'm not sure if that's going to be the case, but it, what do you think if they did, like, a protected rival thing where you have, like, the Cowboys and Texans, since they're in different conferences, mm-hmm. but now... 
they're like a protected yeah. rival they'll play every year and like the redskins and ravens and different stuff that you normally don't get to see there's still rivalries jets Giants, oh yeah but um yeah. and then every team will have that yeah i mean i think that'd be interesting because you're right there are definitely there's so many of these in-state rivals that only play each other every four seasons like you mentioned dallas and houston and washington and baltimore but like pittsburgh and philadelphia like mm-hmm. you said the giants yeah, and the lots. jets the Jaguars and the Buccaneers, the Dolphins and the Buccaneers, the Jaguars and the Buccaneers. I think like, Jags-Panthers would probably be, since they came in the league at the same time, yeah. I think that makes sense. So. Yeah, Jags and Panthers. Or, like, there's four California teams, and, you know, yeah. they don't always play each other all the time. Or, you know, uh, there's a – well, the Ohio teams play each other every year because they're in the same division. But, yeah. But there's you, a, you could make out a realistic rival for each team, basically, I'm, right. I think. Right. Yeah, and there's a lot of, you know, even a team that doesn't have an in-state rival like the Broncos, you know, maybe they play like the Patriots every year or something. Yeah. They have, they have like a... Or not the Patriots, they're the no. AFC. Right, right, okay, sorry. The NFC, like, I don't know, maybe they play the, I don't know... Packers, the, maybe? The, the like Packers that. or, you know, you, they can figure something out. Mm-hmm that they could play a team every year that is their rival. Or like, you know, the, like you said, the, yeah. the Panthers could play the Jaguars or, you know, again, like the Steelers and Eagles. That way, at least those in-state rivals can play their in-state rival every yeah. season. <laughs> you know, it's kind of odd that it's like, you know, they talk about, you know, these big rivalries like Eagles and Steelers and Jets and Giants. Mm. And it's like they never play each other. Yeah. So what makes it that big of a rivalry if they're never playing each other? So I, I do like that idea of having a protected rivalry and it would give you, you know, teams and fans that are in closer proximity uh-huh. even more to, you know, root for and I don't know, get excited about. Yeah. Because I because I know like when we are just like between us, like, you know, if the Panthers and Jaguars had a protected rivalry, then like even though the Panthers aren't my favorite team, they're my second favorite team. So at least that could be something that you know, you, me, and Eric can always look forward to every year. Yeah. Like, okay, this Jaguars-Panthers game, and maybe, like, you know, I could go down to Jacksonville, or you could come up to Charlotte or whatever to see these games, rather than, oh, well, they never play each other, mm-hmm. so who cares? I mean, are we really going to, like, go up to Pittsburgh to go see the Steelers play the Jaguars? Like, Yeah, you know, yeah. That's, it's, that's... <laughs> it's, it, it would definitely make things a lot more interesting, I think. Uh-huh. I'd, I would like that to happen. Um, but we'll, we'll see what it ends up being like. It, it's weird now. It's going to like the balance is going to be removed now. It was all like even numbers and everything like that. <laughs> Getting into odd numbers <laughs> now, now. Now they're going to have to be creative. Yeah. I mean, I mean, even, at least with the playoff teams, like, you know, that's not going to change at all. It's why there's no controversy around that because it's just another team getting in the playoffs. Yeah. Like who's probably I mean, going to lose, but still like, yeah, but I mean, you know, at least they have a chance. It gives yeah. you more of a chance. And I mean, I definitely think like you know when it comes to future playoff expansion if they're gonna expand it again to like you know add another two teams that's probably as far as they can go because once you get to 16 teams like okay you're at 50 percent you know that's what the nba and the nhl do like 50 percent of the teams get in so um they're definitely but it does offer more teams a chance like you know last year it would have been what the Steelers and the Rams would have yeah. been in the playoffs last year if the rule had been in place so i mean who knows and also in a way it might be good for those teams who cuz we always talk about first round by rust 
not having that might actually be a good thing for those teams mm-hmm. because there's not this like, you know, this week off in between playing. I mean, we saw what happened to the Ravens. You know, they got destroyed after, you know, not I mean, the score didn't really show that. But, you know, if you were watching the game, that was yeah. pretty well domination by the Titans. So and you were mentioning that you think that week off had a lot to contribute to it. So I think it could help at least the two seed. And then maybe yeah, and then in, in you're going to be playing the seven seed, too. So it's not like you're, you're going to be a heavy favorite coming into that game. Yeah. So it's not I'm, like you it's not like it's going to be super risky, but then you can always have upsets. Yeah. Though. Well, and the other thing that it would do, too, is that obviously the seven seed would always be the road team, but it would give the six seed an opportunity to have a home game, possibly. True. And it would make it, it would make it better for the five seed, too. I yeah. mean, because obviously the four, the one through four are always going to have at least one home game, but it would make it better for the five seed and the six seed to actually potentially have a home playoff game. Yeah, we'll we'll see what ends up happening there, but that's just place from the CBA from us guys. So that's our it, and now we'll move on to the next borough. He, you know, finally put the rumors to to bed, and he said he would play for the Bengals. And they, now everybody's like, oh, okay. Like, damn. <laughs> but because, <laughs> man, if he if he decided to hold out or something, that would be a major story. And I wonder if he had said to the Bengals, if he if he was like, if the Bengals pick me, I'm not playing for him. I wonder if that would have made them pick Tua or still be stubborn and taking him. And then be like, all right, you're not gonna play, I guess. Uh, <laughs> and I think I think they would have done that because the Bengals seem like the kind of team that like never makes trade. You know, they they're one of those type of teams, like a Redskins sort of a team. So I think they would probably still Marvin Lewis. So yeah, yeah, like they're they're kind of like the Redskins in my opinion. They're similar to them with dysfunction. But I. I'm a Burrow fan, and and I don't like it because I think he's going to be a really good quarterback, but I'm I'm afraid the Bengals are going to ruin his career. And it's not even so much with the talent. It's just the culture there, I guess. It's just so bad. I I would much rather see Burrow with the Dolphins or the Chargers. Um, Connor, what do you think? Do you think if if he decided to hold out that – the Bengals would trade him if they picked him, or you think they would just stay away from him in general? Like, do you think he could have actually held out, or do you think uh, he should? Do you think he should try and and like make the Bengals champions? Or, or? <laughs> I mean, I would I would agree with you that I don't see the Bengals being too wavering on their decisions because if anything, I don't think the Bengals would switch. Like, I don't think they would switch and take Tua or, you know, obviously it'd be a reach to take Justin Herbert. But, like, you know, I don't think they would switch their pick at that point. I think, if anything, if Burrow was going to hold out, the Bengals would look to trade that pick and try and get a lot out of it. Because I know there was some rumors circling around that the Bengals were listening to offers for that first pick. Yeah. So... If, that would be probably the extent of what they would do. I don't think they would change to go and pick Tua or like or Justin Herbert or Chase Young or anybody like that. So, um, but I don't you like I like you said. I think the Bengals are stubborn. I think they still would have picked him anyway, even if he'd been like, <laughs> you know, oh, like I don't want to 
do that or whatever. You know, I don't want to go play for the Bengals. So, I mean, it's something that I think has changed with the culture. Like, you used to be able to do that. Like, I know John Elway did it with Mm -hmm. the Broncos, and, like, Eli Manning did it with the Chargers. Like, you know, he got his daddy to call up the Giants yeah. <laughs> and, you know, you know, I don't want to play for the chargers or so. I think you used to be able to do that, but I don't think you can really do that anymore. It's something that's kind of, you know, if you get picked by a team, then, you know, well, that, that's, I, yeah. I mean, it, it depends because like, for, for example, like Elway, like he was a baseball player. Like if Kyler right. Murray were in this spot, like he was a baseball player, like he had options. Burrow doesn't have that. He's, Football's right. his, you know, sport, so he doesn't have those kind of options. But it would be like an Eli situation, and I don't see, I don't see it happening either. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't have a daddy who has a big yeah. influence in the league or anything. So, like you said, he just his options are all cut out because you know, one like the same thing with Bo Jackson. Actually, you know, he, I remember this is actually a fascinating story. The first time I heard it about like you know him and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, yeah. how basically the Buccaneers like completely ruined his like life. Basically when he went to college, they basically like they did something that ruined his college eligibility. And, you know, cause he wanted to go back for another season at college, but the Buccaneers did something that like completely ruined that and completely um, abandoned his trust. So Bo Jackson was like, screw you guys. Like, you know, and they picked him, but he was like, Nope, I'm going to play baseball. Like, bye. So, yeah. you know, um, but like you said, Joe Burrow doesn't have those options. He's not a baseball player. He's not a basketball player. You know, he doesn't have anywhere else he can go. I mean, obviously he has a college degree, but like, I'm not even sure what it's in. Cause most of these athletes have like degrees in exercise science or whatever. Like, it, I mean, unless he's some really high level degree, like football is going to generate the most money for him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, unless, unless you're, you know, you you're planning to go to like Harvard law school after this yeah. or something like, you know, <laughs> football, especially when you're a Heisman trophy winning quarterback, like you can make some big money being in the NFL. So, um, yeah, I just don't see like a, I don't think he could have done it anyway, but it's obviously not in his best interest to do it either. So, I mean, for all the rumors and everything, I remember when I heard that coming out and I was just like, no, there's no way that's going to happen. Okay. Like, yeah. So, I'll I'll give you this like thought question. If let's say he were, do you think if he were to go to like, for example, the Dolphins or Chargers, that he would end up having a better career than if he's gonna be with the Bengals? I don't or, know. At or, this, do you, I, or do you think he's? Or do you think it's not gonna matter? Well, it's funny because with those three teams, I don't. They're all in such a funk right now. I think the Dolphins would be his best option mm-hmm. because obviously the Dolphins have you know. They have all these draft picks that they've managed to, you know, accumulate over the past season. And so, obviously, he would have to deal with the fact that his first season is probably going to suck. Like, I know we're probably all going to be picking Miami to finish last in the AFC East next year. Um, But he's just going to have to deal with that. But over time, you know, the Dolphins could build – they could kind of do what the Browns did. I mean, the Browns parlayed all this money and all these draft picks into a superstar team. Obviously, it's Cleveland, so it didn't work (laughs) out. And it probably still won't work out, but – you know, I think the Dolphins could have better success with that because the culture is just different, like you mentioned. And Cincinnati kind of has that same, like, Cleveland culture to where yeah. even if they have a really good team, it's just like, you know, they're going to be in the dumpster. And it's just not a good environment to be in. And, you know, 
I do think it's going to, you know, they already ruined, they ruined Carson Palmer and, you know, they always talk about, there were these people on Facebook that were like, oh, like they ruined Andy Dalton. I'm like, I don't really think they ruined Andy Dalton because Dalton never really had it. Yeah. But like, <laughs> you know, he was always just kind of an average quarterback, but I do think they ruined Carson Palmer. So, and obviously now with the whole drama going on with AJ Green and, you know, yeah. are they going to tag him? Are they not going to tag him? You know, and obviously the Bengals, they don't really have a whole lot. They don't have the draft picks and stuff that the Dolphins have to back it up. They're, they're mm-hmm. going to go into next year, a dumpster fire, just like this year. Yeah. So, um, well, not, yeah, now that I'm thinking about it, though, like, I think his ideal spot, if he could pick, would be like the Panthers. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. His, his guy at LSU is now the offensive coordinator, Joe Brady. He's now in Carolina. So that's a right. better team to begin with. And you're going to be coming with your college coach. So. Right. Well, and also with the Chargers, like, you know, why it's worse for him there is that the Chargers is just, you know, having the fact that you're not going to have like a a support base because the Chargers have like zero support base right now. And I know they're supposed to be moving into the new stadium this upcoming season. But like, you know, I'm interested to see how much that really changes anything, because, you know, the core base of the Chargers fan base is still in San Diego. Do they really want to make that, you know, two and a half hour drive or whatever it is to L.A. like every Sunday there's a game, you know, and there's not a whole lot of Chargers fans in L.A. Most of them, if any, are football fans. They're Rams fans and there's not a whole lot of Rams or Raiders even. Yeah, or Raiders fans that are probably going to, you know, they'd rather watch the Raiders. So (laughs) it's just not the Dolphins or not the Dolphins, the Chargers and the Bengals just aren't good programs to be a part of right now especially with the chargers where they're dismantling at this point you know if the chargers still had the pieces in place then i would say yeah maybe he could go there but the chargers are definitely headed for a rebuild they're you know philip rivers is leaving Mm -hmm. um the defense is just breaking down i mean they still have joey bosa but and all this these issues between you know who's the running back melvin gordon (laughs) or austin eckler like the chargers are headed for a rebuild so i think the dolphins have the brightest future ahead of them I mean, but even, I mean, I think he could even do better. I know you didn't mention um, these other teams below, but I think he could do okay at the, it's like you said, the Panthers or it's funny because I'm looking at all these other teams that are like early in the draft that, I mean, obviously the Redskins and the Giants and the Cardinals won't take him if for some reason he were to slip because they already drafted quarterbacks last year. But I think he could do okay in Detroit if for some reason Detroit... If for some reason Detroit was ready to move on from Matthew Stafford, I think he could have a good career in Detroit. Because, I mean, Detroit is really like, you know, they've never been, you know, fantastic, but at least they've got a better culture going up there. You know, the fans are passionate. Yeah. The, organi- the organization really wants to, you know, make success out of their team. So they're looking out for the interests of the team and the fans in Detroit, whereas I don't see that happening in Cincinnati or for the Chargers. Yeah. That, that's where we are with uh with burrow so he's he's gonna be a bengal guys it's just a hypothetical sort of thing we're talking about <laughs> <right there. laughs> but it'll be interesting i i still think he's gonna i still think he's gonna be good but i i do think the bengals are gonna be like holding him back from being like a year two patrick mahomes type of guy in my opinion but we'll see we'll see how it all shakes out i know you hope he won't being a steelers fan but <laughs> 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 yeah, I'm n- never going to have any like for the Bengals. So I'm yeah. not, I wasn't the biggest LSU fan to start with either. So <laughs> <laughs> Okay. 
All right, uh, Connor, tell us about the XFL, and then we'll, we'll do our power rankings sometime here, too. Yeah, so speaking about the Cincinnati Bengals, um, so one thing that I know was thrown around a little bit, never, there wasn't a whole lot of super serious talk about this, but at least it was an idea that was thrown around that, you know, the best team at the end of the season, at the end of the XFL season, the best XFL team, you know, whoever wins the championship would play the lowest ranking NFL team. Now, if the NFL team won that game, they would, you know, everything would stay the same. But if the XFL team won, then the XFL team would move up into the NFL and the NFL team would be relegated to the XFL, kind of like what the Premier League does. And I know I've talked about this before in the past, like with college football, talking about teams moving up conferences and mentioning how it works in soccer in Europe, how, you know, they have like A leagues and B leagues and the teams that are the worst at the end of the year in the A league will fall down to the B league and the B league champions will move up to the A league. So there was, so this was thrown around. I have the Houston Roughnecks up here on the graphics since they are three and O right now, they're the top team in the XFL against the Cincinnati Bengals, the worst team in the NFL. But as cool as this might sound on paper, it's unfortunate to, when you start to really dig into the details about it, how, impossible it actually seems to happen so i wanted to mention like some of the good things about it first i think a good thing for it to be would be you know i think it's it would definitely discourage tanking in the nfl because i know the nba and the nhl already do that when it comes to the draft lottery so like even if you are the worst team in the league you know and you have a high chance to get that number one pick you're not guaranteed to get it we saw it with the knicks last year where you know, there was all this talk, oh, Zion to the Knicks, Zion to the Knicks. And then the Pelicans won the lottery and they ended up getting Zion. So sucks to be the Knicks. But it's definitely something that would discourage tanking, because even if you're so confident that, oh, you know, we can beat this XFL team, you know, who knows? Anything could happen. And if you lose, now you're stuck, you know, in the XFL and you've just lost your spot. <laughs> your world changed. <laughs> yeah, your world just completely gets put on a 180. So I think it would discourage tanking. And I do think it would bring a bigger fan base to the XFL because then team people would be paying more attention to it. Because I feel like right now, I know Eric talked about this, that the key for the XFL is to get that fan base and make sure that the attendance doesn't go down and the ratings don't go down too much and whatnot and keep up the fans. Well, if there was the possibility that they could, you know, move up into the NFL where they were going to have a competition with the NFL, I think that would increase viewership. It would bring more fans and they pay more attention to these you know, teams that are doing really good, like Houston and D.C. and St. Louis, like, man, these teams could be contenders. Who knows if they could beat, you know, the Cincinnati Bengals or the Washington Redskins? You know, could they possibly get a spot? So I think it'd be good for the fans. And I think it also, again, would be good for the players in the XFL because they're trying really hard right now to get a job in the NFL. Most of them are, you know, maybe they were former NFL players who didn't quite cut it or, they were, you know, really good college prospects that didn't make it into the NFL. It would certainly open up more of an avenue for them to play at the highest level. So while there are good things, there's a lot more bad things and challenges that come with this. So first and foremost being a lot of them are actually parallel. to so what I said is good things. First would be the fan support. You know, you've got these teams that say that doesn't happen and the Houston Roughnecks end up making it into the NFL. Well, are, does the NFL really want a team in the league that's only, you know, filling the stadium to like 30 percent capacity playing every Sunday? 
is that really a good idea? And then you have a team like Cincinnati who, you know, has a really large and loyal fan base and they're stuck watching B league football. Like I'm pretty sure that would be a little bit of an outrage from the fan base from, on (laughs) you know, from the NFL fan bases. And secondly, when it comes to, you know, the players, for them, obviously, it's better exposure and a better chance to get into the NFL. But what happens when it comes to salaries would be my thing, because obviously in the XFL, they're giving out, what is it, $100,000 to the team who wins? Obviously, in the NFL, you know, so for the players who, like again, say the Roughnecks beat the Bengals, those players all of a sudden are, like, jumping for joy. They're, they're going to start making at least, you know, for, I think the league minimum is $480,000 yeah. a year. So they're it's going to go up to yeah. the, potentially the uh, increase to 100,000. So. Right. So these <laughs> yeah. players are jumping for joy. They're all of a sudden making, you know, big bucks. And obviously the ones that are better are going to could start making into the millions. But what's going to happen to all these players on the Bengals all of a sudden? Like, you know, if AJ Green's making like a $17 million contract and then all of a sudden now you're in the XFL playing for $100,000. <laughs> it's like, um, I don't think <laughs> that's going to work out too well. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that there would uh, be a little bit of problems with that. So, I mean, who's to say that, like, you know, the the owners could still keep paying their players the same amount. I mean, there's no, you know, to say with that. But obviously, it could be more challenging if you're not getting as much attendance and ticket sales and merchandising going on since now you're an XFL team. So there's that going on. And then you have, I think, if this was to ever become a reality, this is another thing Eric talked about, or at least you guys talked about on the XFL podcast, is that, they would need there would need to be an owner for each team. It couldn't be just Vince McMahon owning all eight teams mm-hmm. because I mean, obviously this is a highly impossible scenario, but who's to say like if for some reason all eight XFL teams ended up in the NFL one day, you just gonna have eight teams in the NFL owned by Vince McMahon? Like I don't <laughs> think <laughs> I don't think that's gonna happen either. I mean, I don't think he's got the financial I mean, I know he's like a He's not quite a billionaire. He's a millionaire, but he should be a billionaire. Um, but can he really support and look after eight teams, you know, that are going on the season? I, I remember what caused the uh, USFL to collapse partially was when Donald Trump started to get involved with the USFL. It caused a lot of problems. I remember watching the 30 for 30 on that. So, uh, I, and he started like buying up some of these teams and I'm like, I don't think owning, there needs to be a single owner for each team. And <laughs> yeah. I know, I know that should probably happen in the future anyway, even with the XFL, they should probably get their own owners, but mm-hmm. that would be an issue. And I know obviously this wouldn't be an issue for every team, but at least looking at the Tampa Bay Vipers and the New York guardians, they share stadiums with NFL teams and I, I don't think it would be as big of a deal for the Vipers because, you know, the Jets and Giants already have it worked out with two teams. The Rams and Raiders or the Rams and Chargers are going to have it worked out with two teams. So the Vipers and the Bucks wouldn't be a big deal. But say the Guardians were to move up into the NFL. Now you've got three teams occupying MetLife Stadium. I'm not sure how you would work out home and away games. And you are you going to all of a sudden tell the Guardians, like, sorry, you have to go find a new place to play? And I'm not sure there's any other stadiums in the – New Jersey area for them to play in. And the last thing I wanted to touch on before I ask Zach his opinion on this um, is with the XFL NFL championship game. Now, what would have to happen for that to work is 
currently because the XFL playoffs are what in March or are they in April, early April? I can't uh, remember. It's like March or April. Something yeah, like like, early, like late March, early April. So are you going to tell me that, you know, when the XFL playoffs are done in early April, that now, you know, again, say the Houston Roughnecks win, you're going to pull the Cincinnati Bengals out to go and play a game against them now? Because, you know, that's already been long decided. The Bengals have been done playing since December. So you're, you can't pull that NFL team and all of a sudden be like, OK, time to play a game. Like, wait, wait, <laughs> wait, what? We're in the middle of the offseason. Like, we can't do this. So you would have to move the XFL season to where it's going at the same time as the NFL. And it, which obviously would be bad for the XFL because people are going to watch the NFL. They're not going to watch the XFL. They don't care. And, you know, it kind of takes away from the novelty of the XFL because the XFL is supposed to be this separate league that when the NFL is done, you can have something else to watch besides, you know, just basketball, you know, for football fans, because not a lot of them are basketball or hockey fans for the most part, so they can have more football to watch year round. Well, now if it's going at the same time as the NFL, you're taking away from the novelty of the XFL and its viewership and attendance would go way down in my opinion. So uh, let's just get, I uh, wanted to see what Zach thinks about this yeah. before, we, before we do our power rankings. Yeah, I, I, I do think this is a almost like impossible thing to happen just with all the hurdles and all the obstacles. And another thing, too, is what NFL owner is going to subject themselves to want to do this? Because the, <laughs> the, the NFL isn't just going to be like, okay, guys, the, the worst team's getting kicked out now. Like, you know, they're going to, like, I don't think any owner would want any chance of this happening to their team because, like you said, financially, the NFL is so much bigger than the XFL. So, but it is a fun thing to think about. And, Another thing, too, I think that would have to happen is there would have to be more XFL teams and they'd have to be spread out in non-NFL cities because there's some situations where there's already like hard, you know, Tampa Bay is an example of like a city, an NFL city, which is low in attendance and all the all these categories. So if you were to potentially have the Vipers and Buccaneers playing in the NFL, I mean, that's two teams in a small NFL market. You know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. you would have to, you would need like St. Louis would be a good one, you know, <laughs> cause that's a big market. They used to have a team, so they've done it before, but um, the XFL would have to expand, which I, I do think would be interesting if they did expand just for the XFL's sake. But Bring a team um, to Raleigh. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Are you gonna, so you'll you'll stop being a Defenders fan if the Raleigh team comes up. <laughs> oh, I will, I will. Especially if they okay. start playing if they start playing their games at Carter Family Stadium, I'll get to go watch them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, it's it's a lot to happen. Uh, but the yeah, so the the first thing that comes to mind though would, was like what owner what NFL owner is gonna want this, you know? And but as as far as like a realistic strategy to curb tanking, and it's something people have talked about is having a, a game at the end of the year, like a, a tank bowl where you have the two worst teams play each other and the winner gets the number one pick. But to me that that's good and all, but to me, I'm worried that like there's going to be a quarterback on the on one of those teams that knows that he's going to get replaced if he gets if their team wins. So he's just going to throw interceptions and it's not going to be <laughs> it's not going to be good to watch. 
Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's it's, it's going to be the opposite of the NBA All-Star game. It's going to be all defense instead of offense. Yeah, it's like all these teams <laughs> trying to lose. And so, um, but I don't know. I don't know, like, what how big of an incentive that is to players on the team already. But also, at the same time, that's, for a fan's perspective, that's way more entertaining than watching ping pong balls. And you don't even get to watch the ping pong balls in the NBA anymore. I'm not <laughs> sure how hockey does their lottery, but... The NBA, probably, they just read, like, cards. Yeah. It's probably the same way. <laughs> okay, yeah. But they used to do ping pong balls, which is at least, like, kind of entertaining. Not as nearly entertaining as a game would be, but still, uh, I don't know if that would happen or not. But that would be something to curb tanking, so that way you have to, like, earn your number one pick. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know, man. Like, this, it's, it's fun to think about, but... Um, I I just don't see it happening. The XFL's got to worry about the XFL right now. They can't be thinking about joining or competing and merging like the mm-hmm. AFL and NFL did long ago. So yeah, the, um, it's, the the NFL <laughs> became a powerhouse before it was able to merge. Yeah, the NFL. like maybe like maybe I think that would it would have that would have to be like the best chances in like a hundred years. Like the XFL and NFL like merged together like i think that could be a thing but um and then there's so many teams because population's grown crazy and there's like teams all over the place (laughs) you see some of the you see i watch some of these crazy youtube videos where they're like a hundred nfl team experiment and then they show all these mock teams and stuff like that would that would be a way for that stuff to actually become realistic but uh and it would be fun to watch it'd be fun to watch the bengals play the rock next because Honestly, I think the Roughnecks would give them a chance, uh, yeah. have a chance to win based on how they've played and how the Bengals played last <laughs> well, year. So well, when it's I don't not think... ju- yeah, it's not just like when these people talk about like college teams playing NFL teams because the college teams would have no chance. Yeah, it's like they're always like, oh, Alabama could beat Cincinnati. Like, no, they couldn't. But like the Houston Roughnecks, these are like NFL. At least, you know, they're trying to be NFL caliber, you know, level teams yeah. and players. So the Roughnecks could give them a chance, like you said. The the question is though is what rules do they play by? <laughs> oh, that's that's true. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> <laughs> do they go by NFL rules or XFL rules? Because there 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 are some big differences. But, uh, <laughs> I guess they'd probably or maybe go you by... do a combination of both. Maybe you yeah. like pick some NFL rules and some XFL rules. But <laughs> well, I guess at least by default they'd probably go by NFL rules. But <laughs> probably yeah. <laughs> if the NFL would be gracious enough to let these peasant xfl teams join up. <laughs> but yeah that's that's what i think um but what do you think about like that tank bowl thing that i suggested like the two worst teams playing yeah i feel like it almost have to be in my mind like a tank tournament in a way because <laughs> i know if that's gonna happen then who's to say you're gonna have all these teams that are just trying to lose like you know you know and you're gonna have a oh much larger plethora sure, right. of teams that are finishing like 13 and three or and 14 and two, because they're beating up on all these teams <laughs> that are trying to lose. So um, I feel like if you're going to do that, you can't just relegate it to one or two teams. It would have to be like a six or eight team tournament. So that way, you know, you don't just have all these teams trying to tank and be the worst team. At least you can do semi. Okay. And still, you know, have a chance. Yeah. It's interesting to think 
<laughs> There's been a lot of hypotheticals here on the show, but uh, but yeah, yeah like ever, ever, ever since we stopped talking about the CBA, it's been a lot of hypotheticals. Yeah, CBA is like real news, and then now we're we're talking about like, oh, what about Joe Burrow going to Miami? Like, that's like a fantasy, you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> but uh, but this is a fun episode, Connor. Thanks for being a part of it with me. Um, Do you want to mention our our power rankings? Oh yeah, yeah. We go. I know we, we, we still got, can, we got yeah, we you got can tell. We got a little bit of time left. Yeah, um, yeah so we uh, this is actually Zach and I agreed on this when we did this. I was pretty surprised. Shocking, I know. <laughs> normally we'd have, you know, at least one or two teams different, but we came up with our week three power rankings for the XFL. So um, obviously you've heard us talk about them a lot in this past topic, but number one on the list, the Houston Roughnecks. I mean, there's no slowing them down at this point. I know the Vipers, you know, they gave them a good game, but P.J. Walker's looking like the early favorite for MVP right now. So uh, no surprise, Houston Roughnecks, number one. The St. Louis Battlehawks we have at number two. The Battlehawks, they they kind of came out of nowhere. They was kind of uh, – I don't think anybody really gave them a chance after week one when they beat Dallas 15-9. to Everybody thought, oh, well, they don't have Landry Jones. So, you know, this is just St. Louis kind of is meh. <laughs> They're not really that good. But, you know, then they came back and – I can't remember who they play in week two. Did they play they, the? They lost to uh, Houston, but it's that's, close. That's right. They, yeah, they lost a close game at to Houston, Houston at Houston, and then they came back this week and just completely destroyed the Guardians. I mean, it was mm-hmm. not yeah. even close. So, which obviously the Guardians aren't great, but you know, a Houston St. Louis is looking like a good team, and obviously, I think for them, yeah. the biggest thing they have is like you said, the fan support. Because St. Louis used to be where an NFL team was, and now they don't have that anymore. So they probably have the biggest fan support of anybody. Um, but then number three, we have the D.C. Defenders. The previous number one, if we had released these before, yeah. we would have had D.C. at number one. Uh, pretty terrible showing out in L.A. by the Defenders. Uh, didn't see that coming. They were far and away the best team for the first two weeks. But Cardell Jones looked like a shell of his former self throwing four interceptions and the defenders just never some Aaron Murray there. (laughs) (laughs) Although unlike uh, Aaron Murray, I'm not saying they should go away from him yet. Yeah. Yeah. But but, um, yeah, they just look like a shell of their former selves. I don't know if it was like the pressures of their first road game of the year or what, but we'll see if DC can come back from that. They got another road game against Tampa Bay this week. So uh, we'll see how that goes. Then number yeah. four, we have the Dallas Renegades and the face of the league, Landry Jones. Um, <laughs> the Renegades just haven't been spectacular. They've just kind of mm-hmm. been, they've been quietly winning. They've just been okay. So, cause I, I had considered moving DC below Dallas after that loss to yeah. uh, LA, but they were just so dominant in their first two wins. And D- Dallas has just been kind of meh. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're going to keep Dallas at number four. We're going to bump the L.A. Wildcats up to number five. They were originally going to be, uh, if D.C. had won, they were going to be last place in these power rankings. But after the tremendous performance they put on, because the thing about L.A. is that people had always kept them seventh or eighth in the power rankings, but they actually weren't having terribly bad showings. Like, yeah, they lost first like, halves. They were good in the first halves in all their games. Yeah, they like, you know, gave Houston a run for their money in the first game and then they played pretty decently the second week. And then obviously we saw what happened this week. So I think L.A., they've got the oldest quarterback in the XFL, you know, starting for them. Yeah. So they're trying to just kind of build that use that experience and build on it. So, I mean, who knows? First home game for them. So. Uh, good things could be coming. Number six, we have the. Uh, did we put the 
Vipers here, or did we? Why am I forgetting Dragons, the other two? Dragons. The Seattle Dragons, yes, yeah. Seattle Dragons. They've also been kind of like they've been like the Renegades, just on the other side, like yes, a, a very a very quiet one and two. Like you know, they kind of gave DC a little bit of a run in the first game, but after that, it's just been kind of quiet. Uh, number seven, we do have the Tampa Bay Vipers. Um, you know. Very some controversial officiating in the game oh, against Houston, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> controversial officiating and a close loss to the number one team in the league. Um, we'll see if they can put it together and get their first win against DC because now, unfortunately for them, with LA winning, they are the last winless team yeah. in the XFL. But we do have the number seven on here above number eight, the New York Guardians, who you know their only win came against the Tampa Bay Vipers, but. They've just gotten absolutely destroyed the past two weeks. Matt McGoin, it's crazy. I thought he was going to be like the second best quarterback behind Landry Jones coming into this league, and he's just been horrible. Yeah. I mean, it's it's he's one of those things. Yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised the Guardians haven't moved on from him yet. I'm interested to see if, you know, well, the they, backup. He did get benched, actually. Well, it's funny because he got benched in the game against uh, in the previous week when they were playing against D.C., you know, he mm-hmm. got benched, but, like, they were claiming, like, oh, it was, like, injury-related. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, hopefully, at least for their sake, we'll see if they come back with the backup next week because McGoin and the Guardians are been horrible. And yeah, and you, you, I, I know they're back. I, I can't remember his name, but he, he played at North Carolina, so you might know who he is. Oh, yeah. If, if someone has his name, yeah. I'll remember Because I remember yeah. you mentioned that, and I was like, oh, he's playing for him? Then so. Yeah. But yeah, so that's our week three XFL power rankings. We'll try and see if we don't uh, release them on the podcast, then we'll at least uh, post them to Twitter yeah. in the future. So uh, look out for more of those. Yeah, every every week weeks. we'll come up with these power rankings. You know, we probably won't agree on them every week, uh, but <laughs> this is a good week that we agreed on them because actually our next episode, guys, is going to be pretty special. It's going to be we're going to combine and think about a bunch of different. NFL-related topics that we, at least Connor and myself and maybe Nate or Eric, whoever's in the show, that we disagree on. So we'll be having some, like, philosophical debates on what do you do in certain situations, what's your strategies, what's your tendencies, mm-hmm. those sort of things. Uh, so this is the the last agreement before the next episode. <laughs> going to be a lot of disagreeing. But, well, uh, yeah. but yeah, so we'll, well, be, we'll be doing the power ranking. Yep, and I will say, since I know you wanted me to do this before we got to the end oh, of the yeah. episode, um, let's see, I, I had this in my head, but I think in my head, as much as I was against it the like when I came into the episode, the more I've been thinking about it, I think I'm going to lock that the CBA will be passed on the first ballot, the first vote. Oh, really? Okay. Yes, I will say that. Because I, I know I was against it, but like I kind of thought about it some more, and I'm like, well, I made the argument against it, but I do see Zach's argument too, and I guess it does seem a little bit more likely. So we will lock the CBA being passed on the first vote. All right. That's great news. We got another lock from Connor. So <laughs> we still, you still got some outstanding locks. Your Giannis MVP lock is going to be uh, – Jeez, man. That's looking like a success yeah. right now, dude. That's that's by far your been. If it happens, that'll be you know standing ovation lock. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, uh, I mean he, he's just got to keep it up, man. He's been looking really good. Yeah, and 
Maybe maybe for the next time we play Sports Jeopardy, you'll lock that you're going to win that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how Nate does with making trivia shows, true, so we'll see true. how that goes. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, so that was the episode, guys. Thanks for listening. We'll, we'll be back in a couple of days, like I said, with those disagreements about the NFL. It should be a lot of fun. Stay tuned. Catch you guys later. Peace. See ya. For Eric. Peace. Peace. <laughs> <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha